to the Nats Report show in the clubhouse with the Nats Report. Uh, you know, your live show, breaking down every series and, you know, previewing the next one. Uh, you know, obviously we didn't do an episode for this little mini game that happened yesterday. Uh, though, that was, uh, that was something. That was something. Uh, <laughs> Jeremy, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. Uh, you know, I, I got to go to one of the Nats games, so that was exciting. Uh, it was the rainy one. Uh, it was cold and rainy. Mm-hmm. But Stone Garrett threw us the last out during an extra spot. Yeah. Love he Stone did. Garrett. Yeah, he, he caught the ball and he threw it right at us. It was great. Oh, you got it? Yeah. Hey, look at you. Yeah, look at me. I'm, I don't have to use my... Uh, my I'm going to have to come fight you now. Get that Stone Garrett <laughs> touched ball. <laughs> Yeah, but my name's Jeremy Lapidus. Uh, that is Hayden Raymer. Uh, we are your hosts for this show. Hey, the names are on the screen. Who cares? They're All on right? the screen. They're I on the screen know. now. Well, I mean, you're not I, watching I like this stream. I like, I like saying my name. Okay, we get it. We, listen, I just, I, we all know you like hearing yourself talk, Jeremy. All right, it's, <laughs> it's why you're going into the radio business. All right. I, I do know it. Yeah, but yeah, uh, so why don't we just hop right into it? Uh, do you want to start? We'll start with the Diamondbacks team, yeah? And then we'll go into the No, we gotta, come on. Oh There's this whole thing called, anemone, anemone, Alright, anyways, heading into this Diamondback, or now you got me all messed up, Jeremy. Heading into this Cardinal series, you know, we started off great. Five runs in the first two innings in game one, and then only scored one run for the rest of the game. Cardinals put up another eight runs. Uh, Josiah Gray gave up six. Carl Edwards gave up the other two. And then, you know, Jack Flaherty gave up six runs, obviously, because he gave up, you know, six runs pretty early. But then, you know, their bullpen closed it out. Game two, nine to three lost for the Washington Nationals. Just not a good game for them. Mackenzie Gore gave up five nine. runs, nine hits, struck out eight though. So, you know, we'll lose some ups and there's some downs there. Uh, no errors in that game. Hunter Harvey gave up two. Dad Ward gave up two over two. And then heading into that final game, the Nats shut out the Cardinals three to nothing. You know, Trevor Williams pitched a decent start, you know. Yeah, in the bullpen? Bullpen all were solid, you know. Bats yeah. scored runs. That's all you can really ask for. Uh, and then, just so I don't have to recap it uh, later on, and it's a little less awkward, Jake Irvin, six Ks over six innings. One earned run, but gave up two. Uh, bullpen, you know, didn't do so great. Five to three loss for the Nats. Only one earned run there. Right. Uh, and that's the good news, you know. We the last couple games, both of them were rainy. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it was kind of disgusting out for both of those last two games. And you know what? The pitching was excellent. So, my theory: we just need to make it rain all the time, and then the Nationals will be a playoff team. I. Uh, that is a solution, Jeremy. That is a solution for sure. Yeah. 
I mean, one run over one earned run over over two games for your starters in the rain. Yeah, but then you have three unearned runs or four unearned runs that you aren't accounting for there, Jeremy. Well, I mean, okay. Yeah, you want to talk some roster stuff real quick? Yeah, well, I mean, it's just, it's small, you know, Victor Robles went off the IL, uh, came back, just, you know, you were, on the last show you and I talked, and we talked about how, you know, kind of what are we looking for, and one of the things you brought up was, sorry, had a burp there, uh, Vic just needed to hit, you know, that's all he wanted was him to come back from the IL healthy, and to hit, and you got half of that there, he was hitting, he had a couple doubles, I think, and he had a hit in pretty much every single game. Uh, there was on the Sunday game, uh, which is, that's the one he went to. Or not, was it Sunday? No, I mean Wednesday. Sorry, days of the week all messed up. On that Wednesday game, he didn't look right. I mean, you... He didn't s- play Wednesday. What's he today? Played, today is Friday. He, he played Tuesday. Um, or no, he didn't play Tuesday. Yeah, he played Tuesday, and then he got sent to the IL on Wednesday. He didn't, he didn't start that game. Oh, yeah, no, he was on Tuesday. Yeah, he was on the McKenzie Gore game. Yep, that's right. But, no, I mean, he had a hit in all those games. Uh, he had two hits in that last game. Yeah, he had a hit in every single game he was back, which is great. But he's not back anymore. So, And he's back on the IL with the same injury, uh, which is concerning. Yeah, no, so, I mean, it's really... He's having such a weird year. Right. It's slightly more concerning to me. I don't know if, it, if it's just me. I'm more concerned he went back with the same injury than a different one. I don't I don't know if that's... I think that just means... Yeah, I guess that is concerning. You know, something that this could be a long-term issue. Uh, I, For the Nats in general, it's just a weird spot. I think when you talk to Nats fans... Uh, and just kind of people who are around the Nets, uh, the general vibe you kind of get is a lot of people are kind of sick of Victor Robles. They're kind of just ready for his time to be done with the Washington Nationals. Uh, he does have a club option next year uh, for like $3 million. So, you know, not not a whole lot in the grand scheme of baseball. Uh, but, I mean, when you look at the season he's having, sure, you know, he's not having a great defensive year he's actually been below average uh so far this year uh but then when you factor it okay yeah sure his back isn't 100 you saw the way he was moving on tuesday he's clearly not right uh but when you look at like the everyday starters for the nationals jeremy he has like the third highest ops of the bunch lane thomas heimer condelario you know, are the only two that really have an OPS higher than him. Joey Manessis has a lower one. Corey Dickerson, Kyber Ruiz, Luis Garcia, CJ Abrams, Tom Smith, all have lower OPSs than him. Uh, which, I mean, I think that just kind of, you know, his 750 OPS isn't great. And, you know, I don't know. I just, it's a tough spot to be in for the Nets. Uh, I know people... I understand the frustrations with Victor Robles. Uh, he's looked good when he's healthy this year. Is, yeah. Is the, is the thing. Like, the bat has come along this year, uh, which is 
all you can really ask for. Uh, I mean, he's had his most productive season for the most part so far this year. Uh, outside of, you know, 2019. Uh, and the big thing is just because the big issue with him was his bat just wasn't there, and it's been here since the beginning of the season when he's played. Um, I don't know what the Nats will do to mention the club option. They're in a tough spot here. Obviously, there's still a lot to there's still a lot of games to play, and I'm certain he'll come back this season. Um, hopefully, for longer than what was it five games. Um, but like four games or something like that, it was really short. But I don't know. If he doesn't play, let's just do hypotheticals here, Hayden. If he doesn't play another game this season, what do you do if you're the next front office? Uh, so I'm pulling up the official numbers. Uh, he has a $3.3 million club option. Uh, when you look at what's on the books for next year, I mean, they have an estimated payroll of $83 million next year. Uh, you know, if Carl Edwards Jr. is coming off the books, Heimer is coming off the books, Corey Dickerson is coming off the books, Chet Cool is coming off the books. These aren't big contracts, but they add up. Uh, and I'm sure you'll see some non-tenders and such. I mean, we've already seen a bunch of people who were given guaranteed contracts already been released from the organization I think I mean 3.3 million dollars that's that's nothing in baseball uh I mean I know 3.3 million dollars it's like a lot of money but in the grand scheme of baseball <laughs> like for a guy who hey he's having a bounce back year or had somewhat of a bounce back year with the bat get him fully healthy see if he can improve in the field like Hey, he come in next year. We might have a guy who can be a regular. Uh, we don't know. Uh, I think it's it would be a shock if they didn't pick up his option. He would have to be really hurt, like. Alter alternatively, mm -hmm. uh, and I don't know if you want to get into this discussion right now. Um, we were talking a little trade deadline before the show started. Do you see a world where he gets traded here? No. Uh, no. Uh, I think I, I've seen people call for him to be traded as well. Uh, and when you look around the league, right, and you kind of look at players who are former top prospects who just haven't had the big leagues, you don't see them get traded a whole lot. And when they do, they don't get traded for much. Uh, look at what Miguel Andujar, Clint Frazier, all the, I mean, of course, immediately go to Yankees. But, you know, somebody that we picked up, somebody who's on our everyday roster right now, uh, Derek Hill, we signed him as a minor league free agent, and he's a former top prospect. So you don't see these top prospects who never really clicked the big league level get traded for anything. Uh, that's why you're not going to see Carter Keboom get traded for a flyer. Like, you're not even going to really get a flyer top 30 prospect for these people. Uh then, I mean, I'd, I'd rather see what a healthy Victor Robles in 2024 brings us than some, you know, I, I imagine you can't even get some kid in the from the Dominican for him, if I'm going to be completely honest. Uh, 
But, I mean, when you look at it, you just turned 26. You know, like, sometimes people are late bloomers in baseball. Sometimes, you know, you don't have it all figured out at age 19, like Juan Soto, you know? Or at nah. eight, I don't even know how old Elliot Dela Cruz is. I know he's younger than me, and that's just enough for me to know. <laughs> like, that makes me feel old. I'm at that age where I'm having people being younger than me. This is, it's very new for me. A lot of people who are older and have already experienced this are going to shake their heads at me. Uh, but it's weird. Like, yeah. it's weird. I feel, like, incompetent as a person because I have these people who are younger than me in the big leagues. Besides, it's besides the point. Like, not everybody can be that superstar at a super young age. And, hey, maybe he figures it out at age 26, close to 27. Maybe he doesn't. $3.3 million to see if he can finally put it all together. You know, he's finally put it together at the bat a little bit. See if he can put it together. Because, I mean, when you look at his numbers, sure, he's overperforming his expected stuff. But his expected WOBA, right, weighted on base average, which is just a fancy way, a fancy OPS where, you know, certain things, you know, home runs matter more than walks, that sort of thing, uh, which is not factored in with OPS. His expected ex-WOBA, or his expected WOBA, is uh, 321, which is the highest of his career. I mean, his actual WOBA is 340, so, you know, there's obviously regression that would come along, but you're still seeing uh, the most productive Victor Robles that we've seen so far. You know, he's walking at the highest rate of his career, and he's striking out at the lowest rate of his career. You know, he's putting the ball in play more, letting his kind of speed kind of take over a little bit. Uh, it's just, you know, if that back can get healthy and if he can be that plus center fielder again. Uh, I don't think he's ever going to go back to that 2019 Victor Robles where, I mean, when you look at it, he had 21 outs above average. He doesn't even have... He has nine outs above average for the rest of his career in center field outside of 2019. So, I think, you know, it's just, he's in a weird spot. I don't know. But yeah. We'll, I, we'll see with him. Uh, yeah. Obviously, uh, you mentioned, you mentioned, uh, you mentioned the Diamondbacks game. Uh, mm -hmm. There were some fun things that came out of that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I mean, you had a classic uh, Davey ejection, uh, which is something that I think this team needed a little bit. Uh, I feel like if there's something, you know, for all the, you know, terrible things that get tossed at Davey uh, and how people call for him to be fired, if he's good at something, it's forgiving one of these ejections where he has these little meltdowns. And you know what? you got to love him for it. Uh, they're just fun to watch, uh, and I'm sure they help the morale a little bit with the team, but what do I know? Oh, I'm sure they do. I mean, outside what? looking in, the, the, one, the, one thing, the one thing that Davey's really good at is, like, motivation and keeping players, like, into it, you know? That's something, he's like a... He's like a Hall of Fame motivator. Yeah. Is how, I, is how I put it. I mean, there's different types of managers, you know? That's one way to manage a team, and it's a pretty good way to manage a team most of the time. Um, you know, just, there's, every, every manager is going to have strengths and weaknesses, you know? And that's something he's good at, keeping the morale high. Uh, 
which is important in a super long season like that. Mm-hmm. Like, he is good for those ejections every once in a while. <laughs> yeah. Gotta love him for that. Uh, but, you know, that game was just a mess. The umpiring was terrible. You know, you can put whatever stock you want to, you know, into those umpire scorecards. But, you know, the the Diamondbacks were favored by 1.64 runs uh, by the umpiring, which is not good. Uh, you see a lot of things where, you know, the game was very much shortened, where the Nats were kind of taking opportunities were taken away from them to kind of put people on base and kind of create some mayhem. Uh, and when you look at the one run that was, like, earned uh, in that game, was I believe that uh, Corbin Carroll uh, play, where I don't know if you saw it, yeah. Jeremy. I listened to it. I didn't see it, but I listened to it. He went from first to home on a single, uh, which, I mean, th- there's only so much you could do there when you have, like, the fastest guy in baseball just doing whatever he wants. Sure, you know, Derek Hill probably should have made a better play and not bobbled it a little bit, but... I don't know. I, I'm not mad about that. You kind of just got to tape your cap and just move on there. Uh, it's just that game kind of got off, you know, kind of did not go well for them. Yeah, I mean, I think the umpires want to get out of there. I like. That's a terrible thing to say, but yeah. It, I, like, honestly, like, it was a miserable day. They weren't supposed to be there. That was the same umpiring crew from the Seattle, from the St. Louis series. Mm-hmm. They just stayed an extra day. They they weren't supposed to do that. They were probably supposed to have an off day, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, it's not an excuse for how they called the game, but, you know. Yeah. No, I know what you're saying. I, I hear you. It a little bit. Yeah, just a uh, little bit. I mean, you, he, he just made a big zone, basically. He made it a bigger zone, and it wasn't called a uh, super zone, but that's besides the point. Uh, they still could have won that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned just the one earned run uh, on Jay Gerling. Uh, if you can get an outing like that, and I know they gave up a three-run home run later, um, but you can have an outing like that with Jake Irvin. They should be able to win that game. I know the Nats bats aren't the greatest, but they should be able to. They they, they had opportunities to win that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they. I don't I don't want to say they should have, but they probably probably could have. Yeah. I mean, do you have any... I know we kind of talked about it on, off before the show. Do you kind of have any takeaways from these past four games? You know, something the Nats... They they need more power. Like, this isn't... This isn't like a... Unknown thing. You can't... This isn't... Nowadays, you can't small ball your way to... Right. N- nowadays, you can't. Like, when you have Lane Thomas... I love Lane Thomas. I've always loved Lane Thomas. Fun guy to watch play. But if he's your leading power bat, that's an issue. You know, 
no, he's the only player on the net. He's got 12 now. He had a couple home runs in that series. Uh, maybe he's got 13. I don't remember. Um, but there's no other player that has 10 home runs. I think Candelario is second on the team with 7 or 8. And, I mean... With C Candelario, though, I'll give him some credit, though, still. He has, like, a ridiculous amount of doubles. He has 22 doubles already this year. Right, he's, he's not a guy that you want second on your team in home runs. He's got gap power. Yeah. He doesn't have home run. He's got some, but he's not a home run guy. It's... I think this team would be five, basically five wins better if Joey Manessis had the same pop that he did at the end of last year. I... disagree. I mean over the over the course of the I still Not disagree. Like um, I, I do. I, uh, you just essentially just said he's a five-win player, Jeremy. No, I did not. That's essentially what that is. No. Yeah. I'm, saying, I'm just saying if they had power, they would be better. And he's a guy that has shown that he has some pop. He's just not hitting it. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I see what you're saying. Uh, I mean, when you're... Something, one of my favorite kind of advanced metrics, which it's not really that advanced, you're just subtracting slugging percentage from batting average, is isolated slugging, uh, which is kind of just your way of determining who's hitting the ball hard, right? You know, because singles kind of can build up your slugging a little bit. Uh, Kindelario ranks second on the Nationals. C.J. Abrams is third uh, of the qualified hitters, which there's eight of them. That's not good. Uh, uh, I I don't like. That's not good. That's not good. Now, credit where credits due. Luis Garcia and Kybert Ruiz have had like, you know, going back to these expected numbers, are pretty unlucky. There's like a forty-eight or there's a fifty-eight point difference between. Ruiz's expected and his actual numbers. There's a 16-point difference between Garcia's expected and his actual. So there's some unluckiness there. But, yeah, no, the lineup just completely lacks any form of power. Uh, which has kind of been an issue these past few years. Uh, I don't know. I feel like this series kind of just reinforced. This is like a this is a 90-loss team. Uh, it's if just anything. Kinda, I, I, when I was watching these, these games, it was just like, you know, they, they were winning a large portion of that first game uh, in the Cardinals series. Um, and then they gave up, like, back-to-back -back home runs. Or something, mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, I could not picture the Nats doing this. No. You know, and that isn't good. You know? Yeah. So, I don't know, that was my big takeaway. I know it's not huge, but they just don't have any pop. And mm. that, it was just, it kind of hit me in the face when I was watching. Um, but yeah. Speaking of teams with lots of pop. San Diego. Go, go to San Diego tonight and go to a three-game series against the Padres to, uh, are filled with people that can hit home runs. Um, mm -hmm. You know, not the least of them, uh, 
a guy who used to be on the Nationals named uh, Juan Soto. Uh, he's there, second in on the team in home runs. Uh, but let before we get into all that stuff, pitching matchups. Game one. Yeah. Have oh, that's right. You're doing the matchup. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Go, 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 Jeremy. Sorry. Sorry, I thought I thought someone called you. And I, okay. No, 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 no. I'm just crazy. <laughs> we have Patrick Corbin taking on Joe Musgrove. Game two, we have Josiah Gray taking on Michael Waka. And game three, Mackenzie Gore versus Seth Lugo. All three of those pitchers for uh, Padres are righties. Uh, we have our, we have two lefties going, uh, Corbin and Gore, obviously. Uh, and when I was looking at these matchups, I got to say, it doesn't look too good. Corbin's uh, last five starts, four of them, he's allowed at least 11 base runners. And I don't know if that's the correct term, but that's, you know, combining walks and hits. Yeah. Uh, he's allowed at least 11 in four of his last five starts. On the other side, Joe Musgrove, he hasn't had his greatest season, but he's been on fire in his last five, you know? He has a he has a 2.15 ERA. He's 4 and 0. It's basically half of a season ERA. You know he comes into it with a 4.22 ERA, and his last five has been 2.15. He's basically cut that in half. Uh, so that's not a great matchup. Corbin also you know has a little bit of, of an issue giving up home runs um, and walking people. Just not the greatest uh, first matchup. The second one just also isn't that great either, you know. Josiah Gray, he's pitched really good this season. He's been struggling recently. You know, he's given up at least four runs in, four, in uh, three of his last five games. And Michael Walk has just had a really good season. Uh, you, you look through his entire season stats, he hasn't given up more than two runs since his first start of the season back in April. He gave up three. Uh, he's just... It, it <laughs> yeah. It's not very good. And then the last one, Mackenzie Gore is the only pitcher in this series who has uh, faced the opposing team in the earlier season series, uh, which the Padres won two, to two out of the three games there. Uh, you know, he, he went four and two-thirds, Gave up three runs, seven hits, walked four, struck out five. Uh, but, you know, he he also hasn't been as good since the beginning of the season. His, his strikeout numbers, as you mentioned, they're still there. You know, he struck out eight in his last outing. A couple outings ago, he struck out 11. Pretty good. Uh, but, you know, he's still been giving up hits and runs recently. Uh, on the other side, I think this is the... This is the game that has the best pitching matchup, and it's just because Seth Lugo doesn't have as good of numbers as the other two. Uh, he's also coming off the IL. This is his second start since returning. Uh, his first start, pretty good. You know, he went five innings, only gave up one run and three hits and five strikeouts against the Giants. Uh, none of these games are going to be easy. And that's just looking at the pitching matchups. That's not even talking about the lineup that San Diego has. 
you know. Uh, oh, it's uh, it's a little scary. Um, yeah, I mean, if anything, the lineup is like has been the weakest part of the Padres so far this year. They're ranked twenty first in the league in runs scored, seventeenth in OPS. But when you look at their ERAs, the starting pitching has is ranked seventh. The relief pitchers rank third in the league. Uh, that bullpen, you know, it's headlined by Josh Hader. Josh Hader is probably a Hall of Fame closer. Uh, he's really good. Tim Hill is a really funky lefty. You know, Nick Martinez is really good. They just have a lot of really solid arms in that bullpen. Steve Wilson is kind of having, like, this breakout season for them. And, I mean, the lineup. I know, you know, Manny Machado hasn't been Manny Machado this year, but, you know, this past week, he's been really hot. You know, Haseon Kim's been really hot this week. And, I mean, when you look at Juan Soto, I mean, everyone was like, I think there's been a lot of, like, stories out there on, you know, in baseball about how Juan Soto, you know, not taking that offer from the Nats was a mistake, and everybody's so glad that he's didn't take that contract. I mean, when we look at what he's done since, you know... After, you know, uh, April, he's been ridiculous. In the month of May, he had a 1.114 OPS, a, three, <laughs> oh, a 299, almost a 300 isolated slugging. He had a 632 slugging percentage, and he had a 42 on base that percent, percentage that year. You know, you're like, okay, cool. He can't be that amazing in the month of June. Anyway, he hasn't been as good. But he still has an 869 OPS so far this month. You know, he's walking, he's getting on base over 40% of the time. Like, he's still been really good. Sure, the like defensive metrics haven't been on his side, but like, we're still talking to a guy who, you know, when we're talking about like war and all that, like, he's a six war win player. You know, like, that's, he's really good at baseball. Uh,. And I think people just kind of like, nah, he's not anymore. Just because he's striking out more. But, I mean, he's hitting for still power. He's still hitting for power. He's still walking at an elite rate. And, I mean, it's not even elite. It's like elite all capitalized. Like, that's how good he is. I don't know. Sorry. Just, I saw the whole... I don't know if you saw it, the whole David Ortiz, like, him not taking that contract was a mistake, and it really bothered me. Because uh, Juan Soto's a really good player. Uh, no, I mean, like you said, I think this is going to be a tough series for the Nats. The Padres have kind of climbed up from the cellar a little bit when you look at their past 10. I'm trying to pull that up real They're quick. They're 5-5 and five in the last. Five and five in their last ten. I'd imagine over their past twenty, they're much better than that, much better than a five hundred team. Uh, they've just been playing good baseball. Uh, they have Gary Sanchez at catcher now. Uh, I don't know. I think they're like a trade away from kind of figuring everything out. Yeah. No, they're they're very good. Um, I mean, you didn't even mention the rest of their lineup. You know, you have Fernando Tatis, uh, his return back. He has been playing very well offensively, defensively, too. Uh, you know, he's he's been getting on base 
almost every game. I didn't write down the exact number, but he could get it on base a lot. I, I feel like every time I turn on a Padres game, uh, he's on base or he's getting on base uh, when I turn it on. Uh, Xander Bogarts is there, you know? Mm -hmm. Pretty good. You mentioned Manny Machado. Uh, he's hot right now. Haseon Kim, uh, also hot right now. It's just tough. Yeah, you know? I mean, uh, just real quick, Jeremy. Like, just Tatis, what he's done, he's put up, he's projected to put up 6.3 F4 this season. And he was suspended for, like, the first 20 games. Yeah, he's already basically leading the team in all three of the Triple Crown, uh... Metrics. I know that's not huge, but yeah. I mean, he's been a top ten player in baseball so far this year, and he's played like less than everybody. Yeah. So. Yeah, he has fifty five games, and then everybody above him has at least seventy, except for Sean Murphy, who's been pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. Uh. So I don't. There's not really an area in this series where I look at it and I'm like, yeah, the Nats might have an advantage here. <laughs> there just, there just isn't. Um, yeah, I mean, I think like when you're talking about like, oh, is this roster perfect? No, uh, but you know, the Nats roster is also far from perfect. It's just they have a really good roster. <laughs> yeah. Um. There isn't like a whole lot to talk about there now. Talk about there. It's just you know all the numbers. Like I, I spent. I was trying to find some some stats that favored the Nats. I was really looking. I was trying to skew this in their favor. There was nothing that I could find. Mm -hmm. uh, so you know we'll go. I'm not. I'm not very optimistic about it. If there is a game that the Nats. That if I had to stake my life on a game that the Nats could win, it's game three. Uh, but I don't think you would stake your life on that game either, would you? No, I wouldn't. But if I had to, if I had to pick one game, it'd be that one. But I wouldn't pick it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Do you have any players, either team, that you... Uh, you're looking out for in this series? I'm looking out for in this series? I mean, yeah, I do. Uh, I'd like to see Josiah kind of bounce back a little bit. Alright. Um, obviously, the trade, the Juan Soto trade, the pieces uh, that we got in return, you're always keeping, a, I'm, I'm keeping an eye out for. Mm -hmm. uh, CJ Abrams, we talked a little bit about him. In that first series with the Padres, he was 2 for 10. He had a home run. I'd like to see a little bit better than that. You know? Mm -hmm. uh, and Mackenzie Gore, we talked about. I went over what he did the first time uh, against them. I'd like to see him. I mean, it's not like it was an awful outing, but I'd like to see a little more. Yeah. Um, and then I'm, all, I'm, watching, I'm watching Lane Thomas. We talked about him. He has a 10-game hitting streak right now. 
in the month of June, they Finn has to play 18 games. He's had a hit in 16 of them. Uh, so he's pretty hot right now. Maybe that can translate to a win somewhere. Maybe. 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 And then I'm, I'm watching Juan Soto, too. Uh, I love the guy. But when he's playing the Nats, I kind of want him to, to stink because I want to feel like I won this trade. <laughs> well, I mean, when you look at it, Jamie, like, when you, like, they already won this trade, I'm going to be honest, like, they have got so much talent in this trade. I understand that. And, like, half the, four of the prospects haven't even made the major leagues yet. Pretty good. If they will make the major leagues, but. I know. Uh, I'm just looking out at those major league trade pieces and seeing if Wayne Thomas can continue this streak. But yeah. yeah, like I said, not too optimistic about this trade. But anything can happen. It's baseball. Uh, you never know. Yeah, you never know. Yeah, that's uh, what I had. I don't know if you uh, had anything else you wanted to add, Hayden. No. I'm all good, man. All right, then. Well, thank you, everybody, so much for tuning in to this episode of In the Clubhouse with the Nats Report. We have been your hosts, Jeremy Lapidus and... Hayden Raymer. Thank you so much for tuning in. We will be back sometime before the next series. Uh, come check us out. Uh, keep an eye out uh, for the Nats Report. Hayden is putting out a lot of good stuff. Um, no? I've just been doing, I, I, I've been, it's been a really stressful and busy week. I haven't been able to do a whole lot with the morning briefing. I've been slacking on that a little bit. I'm going to be completely honest. I might have only done it once this week. I am so sorry uh, to all the, all uh, the people who count on me here, the Nets report, but you know, I'll do better next week. I promise. Uh, yeah. So just keep an eye out. There's stuff coming out on the Nets report. Uh, I'm thinking about writing something. I'm doing some research right now. I'm not sure if I can make an article on it, but I'm working on it. Yeah, I'm sure you can, Jeremy. Maybe. There uh, might be something for me soon. Keep an eye out. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Okay. All right. All right. Anyway, thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in. We will be back in the next series. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.